Well, you glad to be here tonight? Yes. Amen. <clears throat> We've been for a long time teaching on the gifts of the Spirit, and um, we ended our, our teaching last, um, last Wednesday, and I, wanna, I want to just bring a, a little kind of uh, closure to everything that we talked about in, in really addressing the person of the Holy Spirit. And I want to pray for people tonight to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you've never received the baptism, I'm going to talk a little bit about that too. And uh, we want to pray for you to receive it. Um, <clears throat> we have, um, in, in this series in, on Sunday, uh, been talking about the person of the Holy Spirit being the helper and how he helps us. And I just, I feel like, you know, it's it just all kind of come together in the, in the last few months and then even on these last three Sundays as we've taught again on the Holy Spirit to help, um, how important it is for you to understand the Holy Spirit and, what, and who he is and what his purpose is and what he is here to do in us and through us. It's so important that we understand that. You know, in, in a world that all kinds of strange things are happening, I mean, by the day, strange things are happening. And um, by the day, you can see fear gripping people. By the day. I mean, from one day to the next, you can wake up and something else on the planet has happened somewhere where fear is gripping people. And, and fear wants to shut people down and keep people from being able to live a, a, a life where they can be effective. And that's what, that's what fear's whole mission is about. Well, the mission of faith is about people being free and liberated. Amen? And, and we're, we're connected to God by faith, and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm free. I'm as free as they get. Amen? Doesn't mean we don't have issues or stuff or things that, that come at us and come against us. Yeah. I mean... You know, the more fear that grips people out there, the more fear that grips the lives of people, the more that we have to deal with issues because people want answers. People want to know what's going to happen. You know, what's going to happen on the planet? What, what, what's actually going to happen? The one thing I can guarantee you that won't happen is World War III and the annihilation of the planet. The Bible's very clear that that won't happen. Look at your neighbor and say, that won't happen. So just, just mark that one off, throw it aside. It's not going to happen. Annihilation of the planet while you and I are here is not going to happen. And after we leave, well, I can't talk about what's going to happen then, you know, because it's up for grabs. And, and, and how it's going to all end, you know, I mean, there's, there's several little pathways and journeys. But, but what's going to happen is what God says. And God will have the last word because he's already had the last word. And since he's already had the last word and we're on his team, we win. Amen? Absolutely so. We win. Praise God. Let, let, let me read this verse to you. I wasn't going to read this, but I'm going to read it now. <clears throat> and it's, 
Isaiah 60. And it says, Arise and shine, for your light has come. This is Isaiah prophesying. Most of the book of Isaiah is prophecy of the coming Messiah, the big majority of it, and, and what that would look like. And he said, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. That, that's, that's the purpose of the church in the earth. Darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the people. And we see darkness and deep darkness and things happening. But the Lord shall rise and he shall rise in you and be on you. And people shall see and come to the brightness of your rising. See, so it's important that we understand the source of our light and who he is and how to activate him and how to process him. And how for him to be more real than the things that we see in the natural realm. I mean, how many got up this morning and saw the news? Nobody? Wow. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm, you know, I, 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 I watch the news too. But I got up and saw some of the news and saw where um, more, more killings and more terrorist attack and you know they you know they're not saying terrorist but you can call it whatever you want it's attacked by people that are trying to create terror I don't know what's that terror attack right so it's whatever but it it more attack here in this nation and against Americans that we are if you're sitting here tonight I think everybody in here is an American and so people attacking people of this country, and I take that personally. I don't know about you, but I take it personally. But it's not about, it's not, it's not about, okay, it's this group of people and we're against them. And we're, it's, No, every human being on planet Earth was created in the image of God. And if you are born again, the light of God is in you, and God intended for the light to get on you so that he can use you. Because people will come to the brightness of the rising of God in you that is on you. If it's hidden and nobody knows whether you're bright or not, see, people won't come to that. And you know what determines that? Here's what determines. What determines that is what really goes on in your life behind closed doors. What really goes on with you in your relationship with mankind, with people everywhere. People will not come to the brightness of a critical spirit. Why would people come to the church if the church is critical and they're critical with one another and they're critical of each other? And there's no unity and there's no oneness. Why, why would people come to a critical spirit? They won't. They'll come to the brightness of the rising of God on the inside. What is that? It, 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 is, the, it is love personified is what it is. 
It's the epitome of the love of God, unconditional love for mankind. And trying to work that out in the midst of things that we face and, and all, the, all the attacks and situations in the natural, working that out, you can't do it in your own thinking. You're not smart enough, and you're going to be deceived, and you're going to be talked out of it. So what really matters is how we're changing and how we're growing individually and personally. How am I growing in a personal way? How am I making adjustments and changes in my own life on a day-to-day basis through my relationship with God through the Holy Spirit? It's the key. It's what, it's what the whole planet is groaning for, the manifestation of something that's different. I don't want to be like everybody else. I don't want to go with the rest of the flow of planet Earth. I want to be the difference because of the difference maker that's in me not just in me, but on me because he's, he's being revealed through me to mankind. So people want what we have. And we will not do that without the Holy Spirit. That's why these messages have been so important in understanding the gifts of the Spirit and understanding the person of the Holy Spirit and how he works in us and through us. Amen? So tonight I, I want to look at just a few verses of Scripture. I want to talk first about the Holy Spirit. And then I want to read a passage in the book of Acts about Paul laying his hands on people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then I'm just going to do the same thing he did. He laid hands on them. They received with the evidence of praying in other tongues. And that's all I'm going to do. I'm just going to pray for you, lay my hands on you, command that thing to be released on the inside of you. You'd be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying in other tongues. And if you're not born again, you can't be baptized in the Holy Spirit until you're born again. So if you're here tonight and you're not born again, I think probably everybody is here, maybe. But <clears throat> first you have to be born again before, you, before that can happen. There has to be a second birth before there's a release of that Spirit. Amen? So, 1 Corinthians 2 <clears throat> Baby, would you give me a bottle of water, please? 1 Corinthians 2. <clears throat> and we read this uh, last week, I think. But I, I want to I revisit this and look at a verse of Scripture in Isaiah that goes with this. <clears throat> um. Verse 9, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. So I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. So I hasn't seen, nor ear heard, through the eyes and the ears, it has not been revealed through, the, through what you see with your eyes and hear with your ears what the plan of God is. But God has revealed those things, thank you, to us through his spirit. 
Then in Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 1, and this is Isaiah prophesying of where Jesus, what lineage Jesus, who Jesus was coming through. And, uh, and, and he was talking about uh, David's father, Jesse, and who, that, he was, that Jesus was coming through that lineage. And he said in Isaiah 11, verse 1, There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Verse 3, his delight is in the fear of the Lord. Jesus said, I don't come to do my will, I come to do the will of my Father. And then, he, then it says this, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. Talking natural. He won't judge by what he sees, nor make a decision, nor make a decision on what he hears. He will not judge things by what he sees, nor shall he make a decision based on what he hears. But he'll operate in wisdom, and in knowledge, and in stature, and in strength, and anointing from God. That's what he did for you and I. So today, in 1 Corinthians 2 here, for you and I today, I have not seen nor ear heard, nor has it entered the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. God has prepared some things for you and I, but you're not going to understand what he's prepared for you and set you up with in your life based on what you see or hear. Not based on your emotions. Not based on natural things. You will not understand the wisdom and the knowledge and the truth of God based on what you see or hear. But he said, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. So, in other words, God's already revealed everything that you need. Everything in life that you need, he's already revealed it. So the question is, what is our response? What, what is our response to that truth right there? If God has revealed everything to me by his spirit then there's not anything that hasn't already been revealed. In other words, that I can, there's not anything I can't gain access to that I need. So stop and think for a minute. What do you need in your life? What are you lacking in your life? What are you lacking in the knowledge of things? What are you lacking in maybe the financial realm or the physical realm, the emotional realm? What are you lacking in your ability to have right relationships with people? What, what are you lacking? Well, it's already been revealed to you by His Spirit. See, because if you're struggling in, in a relationship with someone, I don't care who it is, 
It can be husband, wife. It can be friends next door. It can be other family members. It can be whatever. If you're struggling in a relationship with someone, most of what's moving you in the struggle is what you see and hear. You see them do things. You hear them say things. You may have heard someone say things for years and years. You may be watching something in the natural and you may have been watching it for years and years and you are settled on the fact that that is the way it is, that's the way they are and they'll always be that way and they'll never change. Well, that's true because you believe that. But you know what he believes? He believes he's already revealed to you the opposite of those things. And he's believed it forever, and nobody's going to talk him out of it. And no matter how much you or I cry or bawl or squall or do whatever or, or beg God for something to change in a situation or whatever, no matter how much we do that, it's not going to change anything because the answers I need are not in the natural. The answers that I need are in the spiritual. God has revealed to me the answer for everything that I need. Not only do I have to access it, but I have to believe that, that I hold the key to the activation of the Spirit getting answers to me. So, if He's already revealed everything, then let's say that this speaker box right here was, you know, was the, the account of heaven. And inside this box right here is everything that I need for life and godliness to exist on planet earth. It's all right here, and what I have to do is access it. And God believes that he's already done that. God believes that you actually, based on what Jesus accomplished, you have no issues, no problem, no lack, no sickness, no nothing. He really believes that. But we have to learn how to, to draw by the Spirit from the things that are in, in that place. I'm going to read another verse to you that just came to me that I didn't intend on reading. Is in the 12th chapter of Isaiah. Listen to this. Verse 1, Isaiah 12, 1. And in that day you will say, O Lord, I will praise you. Though you are angry with me, your anger is turned away and you comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For yea, the Lord is my strength and he's my song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, watch this. Therefore, with joy, one translation says, with joy and expectation, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. With joy and expectation, you'll draw from the well of salvation. So, so let's just say I use this this box up here, but let's just say there was a big well right here, and in that well was everything that you needed. And with joy and expectation, when we believe God's already given us and already done for us everything, 
in life. Everything that pertains to life, everything that you'll ever face, he's already won the battle and it's already accomplished and finished for us. And with joy and expectation, what the Holy Spirit does when we activate him by praying in other tongues, as we were talking about last week and also on Sunday, when we pray in other tongues and we activate the person of the Holy Spirit, what what happens is when my eyes say one thing and when my ears are trying to dictate that something else is going on and fear is trying to say something or oppression is trying to say something, It's in that moment that the Spirit of God says, no, let's put our dipper into that well of salvation. Let's sip on some healing. Let's sip on some blessing and prosperity. Let's sip on some peace. Let's sip on whatever you need. Because see, he said, I am that I am. I am. I am that I am what? Whatever you and I need. Whatever we need in life, he is. Actually, not only is he, but he's already prepared the results of what he can accomplish is already done, so it's already finished. So we're in a position and a place to draw from him, to draw from the well of salvation, because salvation is a Greek word that means soteria, and, and, and what it means is to be complete. So the salvation that Jesus paid for is a completeness, spirit, soul, and body in every area. We've been made complete already. The main problem with mankind is that we judge everything on what we see and what we hear and what we feel on our senses. We judge everything by that. That's, that's, that's humanity's main problem. And that's where you've got to tweak some things. That's where you've got to be busy and focused on making sure. I mean, catching yourself. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute, why did I say that? Why did I say that? You ever, you ever watched, uh, you ever watched like, um, you know, what am I trying to say? Like the Oscars or the Country Music Awards or any, huh? Award shows. Yeah, that was really deep. Uh, <clears throat> you ever watch award shows? And <clears throat> you'll be, you know, a lot of, man, a lot of it's just, has turned into a lot of filth and stuff. It's difficult to watch if you're guarding your eyes and your ears. You know what I'm saying? But if you ever watch something like that, I'm just using it as an example, and you're watching it, and all of a sudden, you see somebody that you don't necessarily enjoy or like. And have you ever thought about why you don't like that person? Because of what you saw and what you hear. Right? So, you see them and they say something or they do something, they sing a song and you don't like it, and you're very vocal about how you don't like that person. Based on what we see and hear, we make those kind of comments, and what it does is it just breeds more criticalness. And by the Holy Spirit, I've found that the more I work on shutting my mouth all the time, <laughs> you heard what I said, the more I work on shutting my mouth all the time, That means I'm all the time working on shutting my mouth all the time. 
And the more I do it, the more I do it. The more I work on shutting my mouth, the more I shut my mouth or I have to repent for saying something I shouldn't have said by somebody that I don't even know. Hmm? Think of somebody that you really don't like and that you don't know. How do you know you don't like them? You don't know them. So you've judged that. You made a judgment against somebody you don't even know based on what you've seen and heard. And Jesus said, Isaiah prophesied that the Son of Man would come as an example for you and I, and he would judge nothing by what he saw, and he would make absolutely no decision on what he heard with these ears, only what he heard here. I don't know about you, what that says to me is I've made some pretty bad decisions. All that means is we have to learn how to hear him, right? Because he has already revealed everything we need, and he's already revealed to us how empowered that we are to do things right. I, I want to be, be right for the sake of being right. I want to have a right attitude day to day because I want to, not because I have to. See, if you hear in my message that I'm being critical, if you're critical, you're not hearing it right. My message to you is there's a world over here that's through our senses, and there's a world over here that is moved by our spirit, and we're we have to learn, and never before in the history of the world has it been more important to hear the voice of the Spirit than today. Never been ever more important to be in a place where we can hear the voice of the Spirit, be confident in Him, and be able to access all that we need in that well of salvation, all that we need that God has already done for us. We need to be able to access it and, and process it on a day-to-day -day basis. So we need to, my challenge to you tonight is to get confident in praying in the Spirit like you've never been before. 1 Corinthians 14.2 says, when you pray in other tongues, you're not speaking to men, but you're speaking to God. So when I pray in the Spirit, what it's doing is it's, it's act, when I'm praying in other tongues, it's activating something inside of me, my ability to access what's in the well of salvation. So I can stick my spiritual dipper in there and start sipping from it and drinking from it and filling myself up with it and being more confident every day of my life in my ability to hear him versus hearing things out here. Because the stuff out there is going to lead us astray. I want to be like Jesus. 
He never judged by what he saw, and he never made a decision based on what he heard. So every decision that you and I make based on what other people say that doesn't line up with this, more than likely it's going to be a wrong decision. Just think about it. So, Romans 8, and verse 26. says this likewise the spirit the holy spirit also helps in our weaknesses but we do not know what we should pray for as we ought but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered and he who searches the heart knows the mind of the spirit what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. So when you don't know how to pray, in other words, you've been, it's shut down here and, you're, and, and it's like there's nothing up here, that's really a good place to be. Because then... What happens is you're not, you're not just praying from the top of your head, but you begin to pray in tongues, and you're praying the perfect will of God. We just read that. I said, you're praying the perfect will of God. And when you're praying the perfect will of God, what comes back, the more you do it and the more you're confident with expectation, you have this knowing inside of you that's what, what's going to come back to you is not a translation of what you prayed, but an interpretation of a piece of something that God wants to get over to you in the natural so that you know what to do in the natural. That, that, that process takes time. It's not something that you can just kind of do on a whim or do every once in a while or do when something bad is, how, oh my gosh, has it come to the point that we have to pray? No, we should be praying all the time. We should be developing this. It's, it's a world. It's a, it's a lifestyle. Romans 8, 1 says, For the law of the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death of the world. There's a law that's working over here of the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus, and there's the law of sin and death in the world that, that is operating and it's working overtime. The enemy works through that world to try to convince you that what you see and hear, the reports you hear, the things that you see, the things you watch, the things that other people do, that's more real than what God in the spirit of life is producing for you. And remember, remember, God's not working something up. God wants you to be convinced of what already has been revealed. He just wants you to believe it. He's already revealed everything. He's already brought everything to us. He has revealed these things to us. He has revealed everything you need from day to day, but you have to access it from him. He set it up that way. Some people, you know, have said to me, well, it seems like God's tricking us. No, he's not tricking us. He wants us to trust him. 
He's protecting us. He knows the trouble that mankind can get into. Just look at the world. Just look around. From one end of the planet to the other, look how man has screwed this place up. When this place was a picture and a replica of heaven, and the intent of this planet was for the glory of God to be manifested on it and in the people. And we have a responsibility to see that that happens. The difference in what we're up against and what Adam and Eve were up against is that we're up against the result of what they did. So that, that, that law of sin and death that Jesus delivered us out of is still working against us based on what we see and what we hear. But if we don't give in to what we see and hear, then the law of the spirit of life inside of us is what will dictate everything that goes on in our life. So the whole world can be going to hell in a basket and be crumbling around you, but not in your world. And then it says, if you're not crumbling from within and, and the glory of God is on you, even if things around you are crumbling, they'll come to the brightness of what's happening in you. We can't do it without the Holy Spirit. And you'll never access the person of the Spirit of the Lord without being convinced of praying in other tongues. It just won't happen. You're not strong enough. I can't tell you how many times, still to this day, I just want to take this pulpit and throw it. How many times I'll find myself saying something critical of someone else. I've got to stop. I have to repent. Why did I say that? It was out of my mouth before. Come back. <laughs> no. Before I can even, th- I mean, just some, just, who? where did that come from? That's not me. That's not who, that's not me inside. That's not who I am. I don't care what anybody else is doing. or I don't care what other people believe. People believe all kinds of stuff. We don't have to be critical. Keep it to yourself. And allow your words to be a two-edged sword that are piercing the enemy, not mankind. People that are doing destructive things and killing people on planet Earth today, it's because of the devil that's possessing them. No other reason. They were created in the image of God. They were created, and God wants them saved as much as he does anybody else. Amen? God does. But see, your natural mind, yeah, but, you, yeah, but, you know, they didn't kill one of your family. No, they didn't. And I, I mean, I have compassion and, you know, I mean, things, indignation and, and righteous indignation rises up when people do things against people that are part of, you know, my family, this church, this state, this city, you know, I mean, things rise up. I mean, and we, and we have to process and deal with it, but you're not going to do it correctly if you're not hearing the voice of the Spirit of God. You're going to make wrong assumptions about things, and that's where people get really weird in the name of God or the name of whatever group or whatever, and we we become a bunch of groupies. I don't want to be part of a groupie. I don't want to stand for something that somebody else is is venomous over to the point of death. People are killing people that that are possessed of the devil, and then us, in the name of God, we're going to do the same thing with the venom like that. I'm not saying that we don't have to retaliate and we don't, there's not things that we have to do, but we've got to hear the Spirit of God first before we do it. And I'm telling you, 
We can be moved and, and pulled and jerked around by everything that everybody on, on planet Earth is saying, all the news media, the government, and everybody else. And I'm not against our government. I'm not against anybody. I'm just saying, in your world, if you'll frame your world with the Word of God and you'll frame your world with what God is saying to you personally, he'll teach you how to be a part of what's right. And you can support it and you can get behind it and it's, there, there's nothing, there's no absolutes except God's word. Well, we can't do that. No, no, no. We can do whatever God tells us to do. Well, we, you know, those people do that, we have to retaliate. No, not necessarily. Only if God says. And, you know, we, we've, got, we've got over half the Bible that there were major wars and killings, and people dying, and all these kind of, I mean, God understands what has to be done. I'm just telling you, he knows better than we do. And we can't take over the United States government, and I'm not saying anything ridiculous and absurd like that, or trying to control what other people do. What we can do in the realm of the Spirit is so much bigger and stronger than anybody has any clue, see? All the people that have ever tried to take over governments in the last 6,000 years, at least that we know of, people that have tried to overrun and overtake governments, what they underestimated was the Spirit of God in people and on people. And the Spirit of God always messed up people's plans. Spirit of God messed up Hitler's plans in Germany in World War II. Big time. He was taking over the planet. That was his vision, to take over the planet. But what he underestimated was some Messianic Jews in concentration camps that were praying. <laughs> and he underestimated some of these little widow women that their, their husbands had been killed, and they're going to pray, and they're going to believe God. And, and things happened, and things changed. What will happen if you and I pray? What happened if you and I get in the Spirit and hear the voice of the Spirit and do what the Spirit of God tells us, what can happen? Hmm? I say that the world is being saved. No matter what it looks like in the natural. God's desire is that not one person perish, but all come to the saving knowledge. Not one. So I declare that the, the world is being saved in the midst of all hell that's breaking loose. Darkness and deep darkness on the people, but the world is being saved because we believe something that will change people. Can you say amen? And it's because of the Spirit of God in us and because we're learning how to access that. Now, I want to end with this. Um, let me read 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 39, and then I'm going to read the passage in Acts. This is just one scripture out of a whole context of 1 Corinthians 14, but I want to read this. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy, and do not forbid to speak with tongues. Do not forbid to speak with tongues. Um, in the last few years, now I want to look at Acts 19, and I'm going to end with this, and then we're going to pray for people. 
In the last few years in the church, at least some of the church that I've seen and watched, um, I've watched people and I've watched leaders that I've been in contact with. I've been around the country and been associated with a number of, of a, a lot of different ministers and preachers and pastors around the country. And I've watched there be kind of a season where people were pulling away from the Holy Spirit, kind of pulling away from teaching about the Holy Spirit. Not, I'm not saying that necessarily those leaders were pulling away from the Holy Spirit themselves, but just teaching about the Holy Spirit because it might offend people or get people to not understand. And, uh, and you know, as, as a leader, in the last 10 years, you know, I've, I've, I've gone through some processing, you know, about how much that, you know, I saw a, a lot of abuses with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I saw a lot of abuse and, and a lot of things that really didn't work that w- was supposedly the Holy Spirit because it, because it was spooky. And, and, and the Holy Spirit's not spooky. God's not spooky. He's never been. He didn't have to be. He just is. But to neglect or to pull away from or not allow tongues in operation in people's lives is to keep people from being able to access the only help that they have on planet earth. There is no other help. I'm telling you. Everybody's going to run out of resource. You know, you can go and think somebody's going to help you or do something for you. They're going to run out. There's only one help, and it's the helper. That's what he came to do. To what? Help. It's the helper, the Holy Spirit. So to forbid or to not allow people to understand the importance of praying in the Spirit and praying in other tongues is to keep people away from and actually depleted of all the resource that the Holy Spirit is here to reveal to us. Because we have to access Him in all that has been freely given to us by praying in other tongues. That's how we access it. So in Acts 19, in verse 1, it says, And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus, and finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we've not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into the, what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke with tongues and they prophesied. So here is a group of people that didn't understand the activation of the Holy Spirit once they believe. And I'm, I'm just telling you tonight, uh, Once you're born again and your spirit man is ignited and it's one with the Holy Spirit, what the baptism of the Holy Spirit does is it puts you out there and 
makes you effective, causes you to be useful, to be put out there. And, and, but the way that it does, and, I, and I, I, I'm going I'm to end with this point, and it's really important, okay, that you catch this. And, and I, I'm just telling you, I'm catching this today more than I ever have before. That when I pray in other tongues, if I'm troubled about something, if I, you know, every time that I watch the news, when I turn the news off, I have to pray in other tongues. Why? Because of what I heard and what I saw. When I saw what happened in Canada today, I had turned the TV on and was watching Fox News today for a few minutes, and I saw what had happened up in Canada, and, and, and that soldier that was standing at the war memorial in Canada, and they shot him, killed him. Guy, Muslim guy, killed him, terrorist guy. And when I saw that, and I looked at all that, when I turned it off, I prayed in other tongues for a few minutes. And as I began to pray in other tongues, what was revealed to me was what God says. Okay? All right? That happened. And the Bible didn't say bad things won't happen. Okay? But the Bible says that when you believe the word of God, there is protection from Genesis to Revelation for bad things happening to you. And you don't judge what happens to someone else. You say, well, you, they, they, they didn't pray or that bad thing would happen. No, no, no. No, you stay in faith constantly where bad things are concerned. You stay in faith that the angels of God encamp around about you and they protect you and they bear you up in their hands lest anything come against you. You stay in faith with that. But, but the thing that you have to do, it's not enough just to say that and pray that. You've got to pray in other tongues because the praying in other tongues causes you to talk to God. And when you talk to God, what comes back to you is God interpreting and bringing revelation to you about the things that you've been saying. So when you've been confessing and saying and declaring what the Word says, that's good, but it's not enough. It's good because it, it helps to do daily maintenance of your mind and the things that tell you contrary, but it's not enough. You've got to be talking to God in His language and in his realm, and according to his way of thinking. And that's of the tongues. Because when you pray in tongues, no one knows what you're saying. You don't even know what you're saying, but God does. And you're praying the perfect will of God. And what will come back to you at times is the interpretation of a piece of what you've been praying that he wants to reveal to you that you need to know that empowers you to believe that what he says is more real than what you see and what you hear. So that we become people just like Jesus. I don't judge anything by what I see with my ears and I make absolute no decisions based on what I hear. Amen? That's what the Holy Spirit brings to the table for you and I. Now, tonight, if you're here and you've never prayed in other tongues before, you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you saw in the scripture right there, there's five other places in the book of Acts 
where, uh, four, four other places in the book of Acts where people were prayed for to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they spoke with other tongues. I just read you that illustration right there. It said, it said they were baptized in water, they were born again, Paul laid his hands on them, and what happened? They were baptized in the Holy Spirit, and they began to pray in other tongues, speak in other tongues. That's God's way of connecting heaven to you. So you can know what heaven thinks about every situation, and heaven has already supplied every answer that we need. It's win-win. It's an open book. (laughs) Here's the book. But it's not cheating. It's the way he set it up. Go to the word. Holy Spirit, reveal it. When I don't understand, man, but God, I don't, I don't know how to pray. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. I get to pray in other tongues. At will. I can pray in other tongues any moment of any day at any time at will because it's my tongue right it increases all the time I'll be praying in other tongues and all of a sudden I'll say something different than what I've said before I mean on the heels of of the normal stuff that I'll usually say all the time and so the tongue continues to increase but as I'm praying in other tongues what's happening is I'm talking to God according to his way of thinking even though I don't understand it But as I do that, then he brings back to me understanding, maybe not in in the time I'm praying or or just, you know, it's not like, okay, I'm going to pray and then I'm going to have the interpretation. I pray and the interpretation comes as he wills it, right? Because the interpretation is one of the gifts of the Spirit and they come as he wills. So I pray and the interpretations come, but what's more important is that I just become convinced that when I'm praying in the Spirit, I'm talking to God. God, every time I've said that in the last two weeks, I've read that out of 1 Corinthians 14 too. Every time I read that, I can just, I don't know, it just like vibrates through my head. When you pray in other tongues, you're talking to God, God. God.